friends, welcome to Activate, a podcast consisting of purposeful conversations aimed at encouraging listeners to embrace both the beauty and chaos of life. I'm KB, and I can't wait to share valuable insights on health, fitness, nutrition, aging, faith, family, and everything in between to help you level up and activate your life. I'm a former network marketing hater turned top leader in my industry. I'm a certified life and nutrition coach helping women to break the same chains that once kept me stuck. I'm so happy you're here. Let's do this. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Activate Podcast. I hope that you're enjoying this whole new look for Activate. It's been, well, it's been, it's only been two episodes, but here we are for number three. It's just me today, which is still a little bit nerve wracking. Something I have to get used to is just looking at my own face on a screen and talking to myself for a half an hour or so. Uh, But today felt like something I didn't need a guest for because I'm going to talk about something that I've become quite good at. However, it did not start that way. But first, before I get into that, I want to tell you, um, if you've been around here long, Maybe I shouldn't pretend that everybody knows everything about me. I always feel like I'm talking to my friends when I'm on here and that you all know everything, but I am a mom of four boys. Okay. So I had two sons, Caleb and Stellan. They're now almost 21 and 19. And then my husband had a son when we met Harrison, who is 19, same age as Stellan. And then Jonathan and I together have sweet little Asher, who is 11. Um, When my son Stellan, my second, the 19-year-old, was 14, he chose to move back to Iowa to live with his dad. Uh, when Caleb was 19, he made a similar decision, went to live in Iowa with his dad. Uh, so both of those were extremely difficult goodbyes and transitions in my life. Some of the hardest times I've really ever been through, I think. Um, and I've been through some hard times, but, uh, you know, saying goodbye to your kids and being that far away from them is just, um, so counter to what, um, you know, your mama heart feels safe with your, I feel, I never feel more, um, at ease than when all my boys are in my home under one roof. Um, I know where they are and what they're doing and that they're safe, but those times are few and far between anymore. But as you're listening to this, Caleb will be here. So he's coming in this coming Thursday to stay for a month. And I'm so excited to have Caleb here. Uh, The challenge for me is to continue to be a loving, kind, and sweet wife when Caleb is here. Because what happens is that when I get one of my kids back that I don't have very often, uh, my, I don't know, my like natural knee-jerk reaction is to give all of my love, shower all of my love and affection on this child that I don't have access to very often, which causes hurt and heartache for my husband, of course, because he goes from being my number one to being my, you know, not. And so send thoughts and prayers and all the luck because I'm going to need it uh, just based on what I know about me. I'm going to need help in uh, loving everyone equally and uh, taking care of everyone equally. I tend to just like 
dote on Caleb and do anything he wants and give him anything he wants and do anything he needs while everyone else suffers and is left to their own devices. So um, I'm very excited to get to spend this time with Caleb. It is, um, you know, he was just my little ride or die, my little best buddy that was just always here. And when he left, boy, it threw me for a loop. I was so very, very sad, uh, despite the fact that he was a grown up and it was time for him to spread his wings. And I truly was holding him back from living his life. And so it was, it was a good decision on his part, but gosh, it, it broke my heart in a million pieces, I suppose in the best possible way, because it just means that, you know, I love him so much and we have this beautiful relationship and, um, I think it was so hard because Stellan, I'd already been through it once and, uh, I knew how deeply it hurt, uh, for one of my kids to leave. And I also had this, um, I don't know, like this deep cut with Stellan because I felt gypped out of four years that I was supposed to get with him. Um, but Stellan is, he, he made the exact right decision for him. And I've said this before, but I'm so proud of him for making it despite knowing that I would be sad and my feelings would be hurt. Like he did what he knew was best for him. And I'm so proud of him because he was absolutely right. He did what was best for him and it's his life is panning out beautifully. And he's just such a great kid. And I'm so, so proud of him. I never would have been able to do that. Um, you know, as a 14 year old, he's just, he's just such a good boy and I'm so proud. And I, God's plans are always better than ours. Like he knew what he was doing and Stellan is exactly where he needs to be. Um, but I would love your thoughts and prayers for a wonderful, beautiful month with Caleb here. Asher is so excited. He cannot wait to have his big brother around, even though all he does is pick on him. Um, <laughs> but he can't wait. So, um, that's what we have going on here. Uh, the thing I want to talk about today is consistency. If you follow me on social media, if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that I have um, become a very consistent person. Now, I can promise you I was not always this way. I shared recently on Instagram that I used to be a quitter. I quit every single thing that I started if and when it got hard, okay? Every single thing. It could be um, cross country, any sport, really, uh, my marriage, my first marriage, uh, college jobs. Like if a job got difficult or I got into a difficult situation, I would just quit. I would run away. I would avoid, um, if someone got ahead of me in a cross country, me, I would literally trip over my own shoestrings, fall down, say I had shin splints and not finish the race. Uh, it became, part of my identity, really, I just was a quitter. I never finished anything. I'll never forget. Um, I went to uh, aesthetic school in 2007. And I remember my ex-husband saying, when I finished, he was like, wow, congratulations. I, I really didn't think, I thought you'd quit. And I was like, what the heck? But then I was like, yeah, yeah, actually that makes a lot of sense. Everything else I've done, I quit. And then similarly, when I chose to move to Virginia with my boys, uh, it, it was a big deal to, it, it's a big deal. My, their dad lived in Iowa. I was trying to move with my children to Virginia. Um, 
So obviously that became a custody issue and a court battle. And uh, in our initial trial, the judge said that I had to stay in Iowa until the custody hearing, which was at least six months away. So I just had to wait it out. And my life was kind of in limbo and on hold because I didn't know what would come. And it was terrifying uh, because it wasn't like a judge was going to say, you can stay or you can go and take your children or you can stay and keep your children. It was going to be either you can keep your children or you can't keep your children. It was the worst thing I've ever been through. But one random day, my lawyer sent me an email and he said, I am, you're not going to believe this, but your ex-husband says you can move to Virginia with the boys. And I was like, what? Like flabbergasted to this day, I still can't quite believe it. But I, he, he advised me to basically pack up our lives as quickly as I could and get to Virginia, establish a life for them so that when it came to the custody hearing, they were already in a school with a doctor, with a, you know, everything that they needed, a, a full life established here in Virginia. The point of this story is that one day I asked him because I, as the custody battle approached, I was like, surely he's not going to still take me to court. Like he let me move that this is the whole thing. The custody battle is, is about. And it became clear that he was still, you know, following through with this court date. And as my anxiety became more than I could handle, I just remember asking him like, why are you doing this? Like you let me leave. And he said, I mean, I just thought you'd come back. I thought you'd come back with your tail between your legs. I thought you wouldn't be able to do it on your own. And uh, I mean, I, part of it makes me sad for him because I did do it. I, I stayed. Um, but I'm not surprised that he thought that because everything I did, I quit. I quit. I quit. I quit. I quit on myself. I quit on everyone else. I had zero personal accountability. And that was just who I was. I'm not sure why I was that way. I could probably do some digging and try to figure out where that came from and what that was about. But all I can tell you is that if I started it, I probably quit it. Every single thing. Uh, so, you know, I also was having this conversation with my friend, a totally different conversation the other day. She, she had asked me about my, my new office and it dawned on me like, oh no, she doesn't watch my stories because I've, I've like revealed the office and showed the office. And I'm like, oh no, like somehow I just assume that everyone sees my stories. I know that's not true, nor does anyone, everyone interested in my stories, but I was like, Oh no, like you can watch my story. Like, please watch my stories. I don't, you know, I was like, Oh my gosh, maybe I, you know, had said something that she didn't like in the past or whatever it was, but we got into this big conversation where she said, you know, there's a lot of people's stories that I don't watch because it just triggers something in me. And my, for me specifically, it was that I was triggering in her this feeling of not doing enough. She's like, I just know what's in your stories. And it's that you got 10,000 steps and it's that you did the cold plunge and it's that you worked out today and it's that you counted your macros and it's that you took your supplements. And she's like, it just made, I didn't do any of that in any of the days. And it just made me feel like this compare and despair, right? We all do it. 
Uh, and that was such a relatable thing for her to share with me. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I totally can relate to that. There are many people's uh, stories that I get triggered by and can't watch. Some of them, my, my friend, sweet friend, Amy, she is just on this. Uh, she's so passionate about vaccines, but I can't watch it. Even though I, I totally agree with her. I'm totally on her side. I, um, I think what she's doing is incredible. I love that she's sharing all this information, but the truth is I've already given my kids all their vaccines. So it gives me absolute anxiety to watch her stories because I'm like, oh my gosh, I've already made all these mistakes. And I have a hard time hearing like, you know, all the bad things that can happen and all the risks and all of the, you know, like I have questions about Caleb's diabetes, if it could have come from, from a vaccine. And so I'm triggered by her stories. And so therefore I don't want, I just scroll past them. And so it was so relatable for her to say this to me, but it just got me thinking about this idea of consistency because it's one thing. If I can say I'm good at one thing, it's being consistent. And I, I thought back, like, where did that come from? Because clearly what I just shared with you is that I was never a consistent person. In fact, I was the opposite. I was an absolute quitter. Again, no personal accountability. I would just quit, hide, avoid, run away, shut down. Um, so I thought like, what, how did I change that? And I really, you know, pondered this for a while. And I think it started with deciding I was going to run a half marathon after having Asher. So Asher was six months old and I recognized that it was time for me to start moving my body and doing something to make me feel good and to be healthy and all of these things. So I committed to running a half marathon. I remember I asked Jonathan to do it with me and he said he would. So we did some training runs and I was so slow. I remember him being like, baby, I can't run this slow. I love you. I'll be cheering for you at the end, but I gotta, I gotta leave you. And so he would run on ahead and I'd be like, okay, I'll get there when I get there. I just was so out of shape at this point. And after a few weeks or runs, I can't remember how long it was. He kind of fell off. And in his defense, he is not built to run. The, the man was in so much pain. We were both like going to the chiropractor. And I remember the chiropractor looking at me and saying, please don't make him run. <laughs> his body is not built to run. Uh, so I will give him that defense for sure. Uh, but I continued on and went and ran in Richmond, a half marathon. Now I wouldn't leave Asher for any amount of time. So we had to leave at like three o'clock in the morning to drive to Richmond instead of just staying there the night before uh, so that I could run this half marathon. And God bless Jonathan. He was there for the ride, came along, you know, cheered for me the entire way, uh, took pictures and was so proud of me. Ended up that Christmas, he made me this, um, it's like a shadow box with like my, with pictures of me and my medal. And he was so proud of me. And one of the things in my life that I've never had was people being proud of me. And again, what would they be proud of me quitting everything I started? I wasn't someone who did things that people would be proud of. So it makes sense, but it also makes sense that when I made someone proud, I felt so good. It filled me up so much to know that someone was proud of me. So I feel like that was maybe one of the very first things that I chose to commit to that I fully followed through with, and it felt so good. I don't forget that feeling of accomplishment when I 
followed through, did what I said. I could count on myself. I showed up for myself. That felt so good to me. Um, fast forward to, I think I ran, I, I know I ran two more half marathons. I continued on with my running. I was starting to dabble a little bit in weightlifting and boot camps and things like that. And working out really became my escape, right? I had, oh, I had four boys, basically triplets because those three are 18 months apart in total. And they were a handful. And then I had this newborn baby that needed me 24 seven. Uh, so working out became my, my escape, my one hour, it was one hour a week at first. Um, I was doing this Wednesday night boot camp, and I loved it so much. Uh, and I just, learned, I learned, it was hard, right? I was not in shape. My body was not ready for all of this, but I chose to do it. I chose to get uncomfortable and to not quit on myself for the first time in my life. So then fast forward again to miracle morning. I was never a morning person. And over time, as Asher got older and started sleeping better, I learned to love the mornings. And it started here on Activate. Uh, we did, we read uh, Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And we challenged activators, you all, to a Miracle Morning challenge for a month. So for 30 days, waking up an hour before your family or an hour earlier than you were used to waking up so that you had this time, this intentional time to do, you know, whether it was spending time with Jesus, getting in a workout, um, you know, whatever, meditating, whatever it was for you. Uh, and I, I crushed that month. I was getting up between four 30 and five o'clock every single morning. And it felt so good as much as y'all know, your girl loves her sleep, but I pushed through that month and I woke up every day and I found such uh, just solace and happiness and gratitude for this one hour of the day that I had to myself. Uh, and it felt so good to me. And as I did it, you know, I would see other people trying to do it and they were falling off. And I was like, oh gosh, it feels so good for me to be consistent with this. And I just kept collecting evidence for myself that when you show up for yourself, when you can trust your own word, it feels good, right? So as I was thinking about recording this episode on consistency, right? My, uh, my coach, he is the best person to like create a framework. He has frameworks for everything. So I was like, it's funny because one night I was sleeping and somehow all night in my sleep, I was creating a framework for consistency. I kept waking up with like, Oh, the next, this, it could be four C's and it could be this. And every time I woke up, I was thinking about this framework for consistency that I was hoping to be able to share because it's an interesting thing to try to teach someone how to be consistent, right? You almost think it's like, oh, she just has it or, or she doesn't. Um, but I don't think that's true. I think you can build this consistency muscle. And I want to share with you what I've come up with for my framework around consistency. So it's four C's and it begins with commit. Okay. First C is commit and it can be to anything. It can be something so small. Okay. It can be, I'm going to commit to waking up 15 minutes earlier every morning. Okay. I'm going to commit to going to bed by 9 PM every night so I can get my uh, sleep. I'm going to commit to, um, three workouts a week. I'm going to commit to tracking my food four days a week. I'm going to commit to eating 30 grams of protein for breakfast. I'm going to commit to uh, 
gosh, it could literally be anything. Wherever in your life you feel like you're lacking, I'm going to commit to drinking 100 ounces of water a day. I'm going to commit to 10,000 steps a day. And it could just be anything. I'm going to commit to making three reels a day so that I can increase engagement and get more business. I'm going to commit to um, showing up in my stories every single day. It can be anything. Um, it can be anything that makes you uncomfortable, but definitely start with something small and achievable. Okay. Don't make this something outrageous where it's like you're going from zero to a hundred and you're basically setting yourself up for failure in that aspect. So something achievable, choose that one thing and commit. Okay. Decide. This is where you're deciding. I'm going to do this. Not I'm going to try not, I hope I'm going to, but I will do this. Okay. So whatever that is for you, commit to it, write it down. I use a paper calendar. I write everything in my calendar, write it down. Next is collect. Okay. Second C is collect. And what I mean by that is to start collecting evidence. So the first day that you wake up 30 minutes earlier, like you said, you would notice how you feel, collect evidence for yourself. Notice, do you feel proud of yourself? Do you feel, um, do you feel like I could do this again tomorrow? Do you feel stronger? Do you feel, um, you know, what do you feel? Just collect the evidence for yourself. You did it. Maybe you feel tired, but pushing through still made you feel better than if you got 30 more minutes of sleep, whatever it is, collect the evidence. The third C is control. And what I mean by that is control the controllable. Okay. There are going to be things that come up that are out of your control. And a lot of the reason people stop, quit on themselves is because something comes up there. They get like from, okay, this, just this last week, I had, I woke up Wednesday morning with a stomach flu, miserable, horrible, terrible, no good, very bad day. Uh, I still actually today is what day is today, Monday, the following Monday, I still am not back to normal. And in fact, since so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, in the last six days, I've hit my macros one time and I don't ever do that. I am so consistent with my macros. I hit my numbers every single day to the T. Uh, so I was having these feelings like, oh gosh, this is bad. I don't like this. This doesn't feel good. But I had to remind myself like, yo, you are what you do most of the time. And I, by far, most of the time am consistent in counting my macros. I just needed to take care of my body, listen to my body, give it rest, give it what it wanted to eat, right? Because basically, I mean, the one day I just wanted nachos with cheese. That's the only thing I could think of that sounded good. And so I just needed to give it to my body, right? I just needed to recover. I needed to control the control wall. I could do all the other things. I could, I hit my steps that day. I still got 10,000 steps in. I still went to the gym that day, but I didn't hit my macros. It's okay. I controlled the things that were within my control, but I could not eat my normal foods. They just made my stomach turn. So I controlled the controllable. Okay. And then the fourth thing, the fourth C is create, which what I mean by create is create results, right? Because if you're consistent, you're going to get results. <clears throat> These are the things that I've done to become consistent. So decide what you're going to commit to start to do it and collect the evidence of how it makes you feel on your third day of working out that week. How do you feel? Cause I can guarantee you feel, you might feel sore. You might feel run down, but I guarantee you, you feel better 
than if you hadn't done anything at all. Collect that evidence, write it down, write down how you feel. Then control the controllable. You're always just, if it's, if it's fitness and, you know, nutrition, if that's what your goals are, you're always just one workout, one healthy meal away from being back on track. The problem with people is that they fall off and they fall off. Just get straight back to it. That's where you get the results. Okay. So collect the evidence, control the controllable and create the results that you're looking for. Create your life. You can curate your life by your choices. 100%. It's all up to you. Um, a lot of people are trying to rely on motivation. You are never going to be motivated all of the time. You're going to, you might be motivated some of the time. You might never be motivated. You might be someone who to their core hates to work out and you're never going to be motivated to do it. Okay. You cannot rely on motivation. Motivation almost never comes before action. So you have to act before you feel like it. You got to just get uncomfortable. Okay. Um, set yourself up for success by making plans the day before people in my nutrition coaching. know. I'm like, plan your food the day before then before you go to bed at night, you need to know what you're eating in the morning, because if you just wake up and throw caution to the wind and just start eating, whatever it is and think, Oh, I'll, I'll make it balance later. No, you won't. No, you won't. No, you won't. If you don't plan the, you know, to go to the gym at 7am the night before you're going to wake up at 704 and you're going to be like, well, shoot, guess I'll do that. Guess I'll go tomorrow. Right. You've got to set yourself up for success by having a plan in advance. Another thing that's super important is surrounding yourself with disciplined, consistent people. You are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. What are those people doing? Right. You surround yourself with five smokers. You'll be the sixth. You surround yourself with five drinkers. You'll be the sixth. You surround yourself with five lazy people. You'll be the sixth. Okay. You surround yourself with five consistent people. You'll be the sixth. Who is in your circle? It's so, so important. I already said this, but you remember you are what you do most of the time. You are what you do most of the time. Ask yourself, what do I do most of the time? Who am I? Do you like your answer? Or do you want to be somebody different? Do you want to use this framework to create a consistent version of you that gets results in their life? Start your day with an early win. I can't tell you how important it is to start your day with an early win. Okay, small wins compound into big victories. Start your day with a win. What is it? Not pushing snooze. Win. Okay. Start your day with Jesus. Win. Eat a healthy breakfast with 30 grams of protein. Win. Start your day with a win. Here's another one that's such a big deal. Get uncomfortable. You have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Okay. Because being consistent with things that aren't, don't just come naturally to you. You don't just love to do. It's easy to be consistent at things that come easily to you or that you enjoy, right? The things that we struggle to be consistent with are the things that are hard. So getting uncomfortable, strengthening that uncomfortable muscle will help you when you have to make these decisions to do hard things, right? So that's the whole reason I cold plunge. I don't cold plunge for 
muscle recovery. I don't cold plunge for immunity. I cold plunge because I hate it. I cold plunge because I hate it. Because I have to make myself do hard things and I have to collect the evidence that I can every single day. Okay. And when I miss a day, I know that I'm just one cold plunge away from being right back in the game. Okay. I don't say, I missed today. So I guess I broke my streak. So I guess I'll never do it again. Or I'll start back on Monday or on January 1st, I'm going to get back to cold plunging. Okay. That's not the way. That's not the way. Okay. Having a quitter mentality is not the way. Remember that nothing is more rewarding than completing something you desperately didn't want to do. Collect that evidence. How do you feel when you complete something that you desperately didn't want to do? It's why when you make a to-do list, you should do the things you don't want to do first, right? Leave them till the end. What's going to happen? You're not going to get to them. You're going to, you're going to push it till tomorrow, procrastinate the things that you don't like. Remember how it feels when you've accomplished something hard. That's the evidence you're going to need tomorrow to do the next hard thing, to do the next right thing. But it's hard. Doing the right thing isn't always easy. Your entire life can change with six months of consistency. It's not a goal of perfection. It's a goal of consistency. What's going to be your thing? What's the thing you're going to commit to and prove to yourself that you can be consistent? I would love if you would share that with me. Send me a message and tell me what's the one thing. What are you starting with? You're not going to push snooze anymore. You're going to walk into the gym you've been afraid to walk into. You're going to sign up for the class you've been afraid to sign up for. You're going to DM me to figure out your macros and you're going to start tracking your food because you're tired of waking up and looking in the mirror and hating the reflection. You're tired of it being hard to put on your shoes, right? Because your belly gets in the way. I know this because I've been there. You're going to decide that you're not going to be, um, you're not going to spend this summer in a flowy baggy shirt, pulling it away from your body because you're so uncomfortable with what your body looks like and how you feel in your own body. That's what I want for you. I want you to make these changes, make the hard choices that will ultimately make your life easier that will make you happier. Prove to yourself, choose your heart. It's hard to live in a body that you hate. It's hard to show up at the gym every day. Choose your heart, right? You have absolute control. I would love to help you with accountability, whatever that looks like for you. I'm here for you. I'm happy to help reach out to me. I mentioned the macros, I'm offering um, custom macros and my uh, intro to macro counting ebook for $50. Just send me a message. It takes me, you know, just a little bit of time. I ask maybe five or six questions and I'm able to send you personalized macros for you. And I can teach you what it means to track your macros and how to count. I'm here for you. I'm your friend. 
we are friends and I'm here for you. And I would love to help you be more consistent, uh, to help you learn to trust yourself, to get rid of your quitter mentality. I have been where you are. I bet you anything I've been where you are and I've changed and you can change too. I hope you have such a wonderful Monday. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sticking with me in all of these changes. And I just am so excited for what's to come on Activate. And I'm so very grateful that you show up here every week. Happy Monday. Later. That's a wrap on another episode of Activate. Stay up to date by following at Kristen Lee Ballard on Instagram. And if this episode made you laugh, offered value, or simply entertained you, please like, share, and give a five-star review on iTunes. Thanks for being here. Love y'all. Later.